You are listening to Just One Glass, Episode 8, Alcohol and Sleep. Welcome to Just One Glass, a podcast for high-achieving type A millennial moms who want to explore their relationship with alcohol without judgment and without labels. I'm your host, Michelle Kapler. I'm a life coach, a successful entrepreneur multiple times over, a mother, and most importantly, a fellow human. When I took control of my negative patterns with alcohol, my entire life changed for the better. And I wholeheartedly believe that you can find the same freedom in your own life. So whether you're just getting curious about your drinking, or you're ready to dive deep, I've got you. Hi, friend. Thanks for showing up today. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about one of my most favorite and also most anxiety-inducing subjects, and that is sleep. Before I dive into this week's topic, I want to let you know about something upcoming that I want to share with you. On November 1st, I'm going to be running a seven-day alcohol freedom experiment. It's totally free. You just sign up with your email address, then you get a quick video each day to walk you through the process of taking a seven-day break from drinking and starting to use a few of the awesome tools I use with my clients to help them create their ideal relationship with alcohol. You'll also get daily email support to help encourage you through the process. It's a little experiment on what life could be like if we simply take a break from drinking for a bit and see what happens while also using my management techniques. If you want to join us on November 1st, you can go to my website and click the link to sign up to join us. I'll also pop the link in the show notes so you can find it easily. If you're listening at a later date and you want to give it a try, you can just click on the link in the show notes and you'll find everything you need to get started. So, alcohol and sleep. If I think about the reason why I started drinking to numb out to begin with, if I get really granular about the reasons why I found this to be the answer for me at the time, it all had to do with sleep, which is kind of ironic given that alcohol ended up being the cause of so many years of insomnia for me. If I think about how I was really approaching alcohol use, and if I get really honest with myself, the reason why I was using the wine to quote unwind at the end of the day was because I was terrified of being kept up all night with my uncomfortable feelings. I've always been really good at keeping busy. I've always had projects on the go, things to work on, next levels to achieve. So in the daytime, my mind was always occupied with something, mostly in an inspiring, interesting, and motivated way. But then when I would try to go to bed at night, when I would actually lay down and get quiet, and it just had to be me alone with my thoughts, that's when it would all catch up with me. It was full-on anxiety-inducing to me to imagine that period of time when I turn off the lights and give my brain space to actually catch up and have to process all that I was feeling, which was sometimes unpleasant, and it often resulted in me not being able to sleep. Or so I imagined, I don't know if this was actually truly what happened because I never really took a chance on going there by not drinking to see if that was the outcome. It was just what I imagined would happen in my mind. Being in that place where I would try to sleep but my head was too full was one of the things that I did everything I could to avoid. And that was mostly with wine. 
Discovering that I could solve for this by having a few glasses of wine in the evening was exactly what started the habit for me. And that's exactly what it became, a habit. And isn't it interesting that years of raging insomnia were ultimately where it ended up? Alcohol and sleep difficulties being related can be a little counterintuitive for people to consider, and that's why I want to get into some of the physiology and pharmacology of how it all works. Don't worry, I'm going to give you the light version on this episode today, but if you want to dive deeper on this subject, I highly recommend picking up a copy of Dr. Matthew Walker's book called Why We Sleep. He is the expert on sleep and sleep science, and he wrote his book in an interesting and easily digestible way with all these cute little examples and stories. But it's also super legit too, so people can learn about all how it works and how they might be able to improve their sleep by making some changes that are actually pretty simple and don't cost anything. I'm going to pop the link in the show notes to his website and his book if you want to check it out. For anyone struggling with sleep difficulties, this book is a must-read. Alcohol tends to be seen by many people as a sleep aid rather than something that disrupts it. Many people believe that alcohol helps you fall asleep more easily and gives you a more sound sleep throughout the night. But according to the research and what we know about physiology, this is actually the opposite of the truth. Alcohol is a part of a class of drugs called sedatives, which may be a little confusing because many people use alcohol to become more socially engaged. And this may be the effect that you experience in the first stage of your alcohol use for the night. Alcohol initially impacts the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that's responsible for applying judgment and impulse control. When your prefrontal cortex is sedated, you may feel more socially open and able to engage with people, and you loosen up, if you will. But from there... As the side effect continues and you continue to drink throughout the night, your brain becomes further sedated and then your body begins to experience that drowsiness, that drunken stupor, the urge to go to bed and pass out or lose consciousness. Your desire and ability to remain conscious begin to slip away. Alcohol sedates you out of consciousness, but it's not actually the same as sleep. According to Dr. Walker's book, the electrical brainwave state that you enter is not that of natural sleep. It's actually akin to a light form of anesthesia. But this is just the beginning. There are other ways in which alcohol sets you up for poor quality sleep. The first one being that alcohol causes your sleep to be fragmented, which prevents it from being restorative. You're unable to get into deeper sleep states because you experience frequent and regular mini wakings throughout the night. The problem is that you're sedated most of the time, so you don't realize that you're waking or you don't remember it. So it's a mystery why you feel so terrible the next day. The second issue is that when you drink, you're unable to reach those deeper levels of REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, your deeper dream state, which is the only time that certain physiological functions actually take place in the body. When the body metabolizes alcohol, it produces byproducts called aldehydes, which directly block the brain's ability to enter REM sleep. And then there's the aspect of drinking, where the sedative effects wear off in the middle of the night. Has that ever happened to you, where you wake at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and can't get back to sleep? When the alcohol wears off, and you haven't been experiencing natural sleep and the rhythms that go along with it, you're wide awake. This can be due to neurochemicals like cortisol being released in response to the sedative effect. And if the sedation wears off, your body's just full of cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and you won't be able to get back to sleep. This also partly plays into why you might feel so anxious the next day. 
So now that we know that we aren't actually sleeping when we drink, at least not sleeping properly, what do we do with this information? I think there are some folks out there who will use it as another piece of evidence that alcohol is poison and we should never consume it. And if that works for you, I encourage you to go with it. However, because most of my clients are high achieving and often perfectionist professional women, I like to encourage moving away from that black and white thinking. It's like any behavior that we engage in that maybe isn't ultimately helpful or in our highest interest. Eating the cupcake, being on Facebook a little too much, a night out with our girlfriends, even when we know the baby's going to be up at 5 a.m. the next day. It's a perfectly valid choice to do these things as long as you like your reasons and you're okay with the consequences. What I'd like to encourage is that you simply make a conscious and deliberate choice. When we eat food if we aren't hungry, buy things online when we don't have the money, or have a few glasses of wine to take the edge off and then we don't sleep well, and we're doing these things without making a deliberate choice, that's when we can form negative habits. There's nothing inherently wrong with a cupcake or a glass of Chardonnay or Facebook. And if we're making these decisions ahead of time and we like our reasons for it, it's all good. But we want to do so with full honesty and we want to like our reasons for it. And we want to make a commitment to ourselves that we won't use it against ourselves to beat ourselves up in the future. So step one, we make the decision ahead of time. Step two, we like our reasons. Step three, we enjoy it and be fully present. Step four, we accept the consequences. And step five, we move on and we don't beat ourselves up. This is how we develop a deliberate and conscious relationship with these things. And it's how we live a life in a way where we aren't striving for the impossible perfectionist scenario where we never make choices that have negative consequences, because that just doesn't exist. We just want to make sure that we're paying attention. Okay, so now that I've gone on a bit of a tangent, let's bring it back to the sleep conversation. So what happens when we have formed this habit and we want to make a change? What are we left with and what do we do with that? The answer is going to be different for everybody. For some people, they might have a nightly wine habit, read about the sleep science, and then decide they want to make a change, and perhaps this knowledge alone is enough. They don't drink every night anymore, and everything is totally fine. Or maybe they're more like me, and when you take away the sedative, you're left with a body that's hormonally dysregulated and a brain that still won't shut off at night. For me, my stress hormones and cortisol were totally out of whack, so I continued to experience insomnia even after I quit drinking. For some people, your body will gradually get back to the normal rhythm on its own, and for some, you might need some extra support. In my case, I worked with a naturopathic and functional medicine doctor and a Chinese medicine practitioner using supplements, herbs, and foods to regulate my hormones, and it is a continued path. I have it mostly managed, and I don't struggle like I used to, but my sleep is the first thing to go when I'm under stress or I'm not managing my mind and my thoughts. If I have insomnia come up, it's my instant sign that I need to check in and see what's going on. There are many amazing options for practitioners that you can consult with for extra physical support while you're making these changes to your drinking. And then there's the mind management piece. How do we work on the internal dialogue? that mind chatter, the anxiety-inducing thought loops that keep us up at night. And that's where coaching comes in. Coaching tools have been the answer to help me get a handle on what was truly the underlying cause of my drinking. 
that resistance to experiencing uncomfortable emotions, that ruminating brain chatter that keeps us from sleeping when we make up at night. Being able to manage our minds so that when something stressful or difficult does inevitably come up, you want to know that you have the tools and confidence to manage it without needing to drink to get to sleep. And that's where I come in. I can show you exactly how to get some relief from the endless 3am mind gymnastics so you don't need the wine to be able to pass out at night. Head to the link in the show notes and book your free 60-minute consultation to learn more about having me as your coach. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this, my friend.